Becco makes award-winning ergonomic baby carriers that are simple, functional, and stylish for the modern parent. If you're looking for one carrier that can do it all, look no further than the Becco 8, our 8-in-1 all-season carrier. With an infant insert, built-in headrest, sleeping hood, waist belt pocket, removable lumbar support, and a zippered panel with 3D mesh for breathable comfort, it's the one carrier you'll ever need. Shop now at BeccoBaby.com. Hey there, ho there, hi there. (laughs) That was a really chipper, Jen. Was it? It was really chipper. Well, you know, I've been messing with technology and I got to now get away from that and do the thing I love, which is talking about birth, postpartum, and pregnancy. your kombucha it did it make you really happy is there like because there's like magic in kombucha right supposed to be yeah i think it made you super happy uh i hope so because i i may have or may not be in a foul mood right now so i should up the kombucha input i know just start you know get some like the the big like the big gulp straws and just start drinking kombucha remember back when uh we first started podcasting Oh, and there could be that music, like you know the reruns. Yes, yeah, and then you see like the dream scene, right? Yes, the dream scene. So now I'm thinking of when um, we used to try to think. Maybe one of our hallmark signatures of the podcast would be we would have a pregnancy safe drinking game, Mm -hmm. and so every time I said normalize, you'd have to take a shot of kombucha or other. Whatever we were drinking, but we yeah. always said it was kombucha. Because really it was like Diet Coke. Or, or coffee. Water or coffee. Mostly coffee, <laughs> coffee. right? <laughs> Man, that was hot. It always burned our mouths. So we would just say kombucha. Like, we're like, ah. yikes. Normalizing. Yikes. Yeah. But I love that. I yeah. like you say normalize a lot. I do. You do. It is my goal in life for someone to normalize all the things all the time. Jen is normalizing the shit out of pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. I'm trying. I'm reaching out to you saying, actually, the last week I've said that to a couple of people when um, I've seen quite a few new families this week, actually, between postpartum work and some folks who just had babies birth-wise that I attended their birth. And as I walk out to the door and I'm like, oh, you're so beautifully normal. And I found myself (laughs) saying that quite a bit. Oh, this is just so normal for this age of a baby. I'm like, you're normal, but really special. (laughs) But don't you just love being normal sometimes? It is. Especially in this stage. I mean, there can't be too much more um, of a compliment to tell a pregnant person or someone with a new baby this is all really normal. I When I say that to someone in labor, though, I usually feel a little, um, it's usually when I'm saying, when they're having a concerning thought, like, ah, there's pink discharge in my underwear, or they're shaking and it doesn't feel so good. And I'll say, oh, this is a really normal part of labor. It's just normalizing labor usually is less comforting than normalizing yeah. pregnancy or newborns for sure for yeah. sure so really whenever i see kombucha and i invite you to join me in, oh, yeah. in what kombucha represents to me nice is that kombucha represents normalization so i kind of feel like we should like 
take shots of these beverages right here, but I'm not going okay. to because I don't like the gulping sound. So cheers. Cheers. I and am, however, yes. not drinking kombucha. She was teleported back to 1997. Yep. Because I am drinking peach tea Snapple. <laughs> it is kind of funny that they're still making that. Or is it left over from it 1997? It might be left over. I bet it expired in 1997. Probably. It kind of tastes a little bit like it's but even, from even the um the label and everything? Totally the same. That is so 90s. I love I it. I know. It just tastes like my youth. Oh, it tastes like the... Yeah. It totally tastes like my youth. Like high school. It tastes like high school. Oh. Yeah, we're kind of sure. old, Elise. We're giving we ourselves you away guys might here. Not have all been in high school in, in the nineties. Maybe we're just born in the nineties. Ha ha. It's cool. It's cool. It's Shake okay. it off. I'm, I'm still cool. It's okay. I got to test you. I'm cool. I'm I, I can still have a baby. I'm cool. I got my period. It's okay. Thanks for that, Jen. Me too. Me too. We're cool. I mean, not currently, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll let you know when it comes out. <laughs> okay. We like to share that stuff. Oh my god. So today, I'm driving today. Down, not tell today. me. Well, recently, I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, ugh, all the things that people tell you you gotta do when you're pregnant, right? Mm. You gotta do this. You're pregnant. You gotta go register. You gotta go get your car seat. You gotta blah blah blah. I can't think of anything right now. All I can well. think of is Beach Tea's Apple, um, oh. in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's period. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So anyway, you were having this inspired thought that now you can't remember. Right. And then actually what I thought instead was, you know, there's actually like a whole list of stuff that really I wish people Mm. made their as their priority. Ah, true. Yeah. So it's like our secret list. The list nobody told you about. Ah. And what is this list? This is the things that you must do now. Now that you're pregnant. That nobody ever told you about. Do now. Now. Now that you're pregnant. Do it today, Jen. Right here. Right now. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So it looks like you're thinking it's pretty important to uh, pick a birth team. Okay. Let's do this. Number one. Pick your birth team. Like, seriously. What does that mean? Not Jerseys? the birth team. What's happening here? Oh, yeah. Go team. High five. <laughs> Not the birth team that your mother-in-law wants you to pick. So. Ah. How many times, this is a, here's another drinking game for our show. How many times on this show have we said you don't owe your birth to anybody? Mm, many mm. a times. I think that's at the heart of our show right here. Yep. Deep in the heart. And you like just because you went to someone else's birth doesn't mean they need to come to yours. This is not a reciprocal thing. This is not an evite. <laughs> um, it's not a good idea to have like, people lined up around the room to watch it's not a spectator sport it's also not a party it's not oh it's so not a party it's not a shower nope it's not a wedding it's not a funeral it is a birth just a birth so you're getting down to business yep and they don't need to be watching unless they've got a job so think about who Mm -hmm. you want to have there and not who other people want to have there or be there all right do you want a doula? If you want one, get one. Yeah. Don't let costs get in your way. Mm. Okay? Think about your priorities. Doulas can be expensive. Mm, true. If you can swing it, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. If you can't, reach out to doulas and find out if they've got, you know, uh, recommendations on who's in your budget. Yeah. So keep looking until you find somebody. And make sure that um, when you are interviewing that um, interview a few. Uh-huh. 
unless that first person is like, wow, they have hit all the nails on the head. And there's like this personality like, oh, wow, I could spend some time with you. Or wow, I could see you being really grounded and supportive and um, have some wisdom for me Uh um, during this really vulnerable time. If you met them and you're like, whoa, that person is kind of, uh, seems really different and sort of than I am. Wait, um, wait, wait. Hold on. I I kind of feel a little offended by that. Because oh, somebody please. might meet me and think like, whoa, she talks a lot. She's a little bit louder. And those things are true. Especially true. if you listen to the podcast before you meet me. You oh. might be like, oh my gosh, she would be so much in a birth room. This is not the person I am in a right. birth room. True, true. But I would make the most boring podcast ever if you if I podcasted as a doula. If I was true, like, true. Look into my eyes. You've got this. I see you. You're working so Same hard. Same thing potentially with an interview. But I'm talking about somebody who shows up using words and phrases that you actually have no idea what they're talking about or right. mean. And they don't, um, let's say you're kind of an emotional person and all they can do is like talk about research says and uh, Mm. like those sorts of phrases then that might not be the best person for you so uh uh, lean into your um intuition a little bit right yeah yep okay I feel better about what you're saying all right I do just as somebody who doesn't behave in the birth room like they do outside of the birth room um that, you know, often worries me, but it's fine. Um, but no, you know, find somebody with some experience, yeah. right? And then if you can't, that's okay. People can learn, but you want that personality who gets it. This yes. Is, you don't want the person who wants to be the, the star of the room. And I would say personality, to me, trumps experience even. Yes. Because I would say I was um, just as good at my job as a doula before um, I had a ton of experience. Mm. Um, Because my presence and what I bring to a birth is similar. I just didn't know or experienced all the things I have now. So So I guess what we're saying is as long as they can understand and grasp the the idea of what a doula's role is in that space and how they need to behave behave is such a funny word like yeah yeah interact, put in the corner. interact. I don't interact know. um and that's that's a good thing um but there are lots of doulas and there's a doula for everybody and some want doulas that are gonna you know come with the research and some that are gonna bring a little bit more woo to the space and then yep. some want a little in between so find the one that works for you yep um, but it's never too late to find a doula, and it's never too early. So some people really worry yeah. about hiring a doula too early on. Um, our team, we get hired really far out. Like sometimes mm. people can hire us close to their due date, but a lot of times we're booked really far out, depending on the month. So the bonus of hire, hiring a doula early, on the early side is that yeah. you get to access their knowledge and experience for months. So yeah. get your get your dollars worth. Okay, we often have folks um, telling us how um, they're not feeling super at home with their provider. Mm. The obstetrician or OB that they've chosen, the midwife, um, mostly that's the two people who provide um, two different types of care that people see um, for their prenatal um, care. 
And we'll hear people say, gosh, I'm not, I just found out that there's going to be a lot of students at my birth because I'm going to be birthing at a teaching hospital, or I found out that my provider is actually going to be on vacation or maternity leave. So for the next couple of months, I'm going to actually be seeing somebody else. And they're just expressing a lot of, oh man, I'm not loving the way this is going. And so often we'll say, uh, have you considered switching providers? Um, and it feels kind of like you're um, firing the contractor or, I don't know, right. never it's done not. work on my house. But um, there potentially is a little bit of a rapport that's already been built up or maybe there's a total lack of and so you right. don't feel a connection, right? So um, I think we're not, we're not encouraging don't get prenatal care, but what we're encouraging oh, is if there is a deep sense of, oh, this is not working, investigate your options because unless you live in a tiny town far out in the middle of nowhere there's going to be some options for another provider or another hospital or another type of care um so do some research you're you know 20 weeks that's a really typical time mm-hmm. to decide this isn't working how Honestly, about i investigate something else right up to gosh you know 36 37 really yeah. is fine to yeah change it varies by provider and situation, but it's mm-hmm. okay to switch close up to the end. We yeah. hear it all the time. So go with what's comfortable. Yeah. And going um, piggybacking from last week where we were talking about all the feels, um, could it be like take take a minute to examine, did you have one weird interaction with your provider and now you're like, forget it, I'm never going back. Uh Um, maybe there's a clarifying conversation that needs to happen. Like, so we're not saying fire right away, fire right away, step back for a second, bring somebody that you trust into the situation and do a little bit. Number two, choose self care. Choose it, huh? Choose it. Tell me more. Choose to care for yourself. Ooh. Yeah. It's okay to make that choice. Um, don't wait until you're desperate for it and uh, somebody says you have to go on maternity leave. Oh. Right? Mm. Or you have to sleep more, right? Yeah. So practice napping, go to bed early, surrender to the sleepies. Can but- I, I think I've told this story before of how I was pregnant with my third, I believe. Yes, third. And um, she, we had some, we had some things going on. Um, we had to move houses uh, just before, uh, or sorry, just after he was born. And I was starting to have a um, little bit of uterine action, little bits of contractions here or there. And I was pretty stressed about making sure I had this baby on time. I did not want to go post-dates like I had with my second. And my midwife looks me in the eye and in the sternest voice she could use said, Jen, you're not going to have this baby until you start resting. Mm. You are doing too much. And she spoke to my heart. I mean, my heart. And I scaled it back. I really, really did. Because what she was saying was, you're not, um, your body knows what it needs to have a baby and you're not giving it adequate rest to do this experience. And so I really took that to heart. Um, but I think we're also talking about 
choosing self-care as a practice that a lot of us don't have an understanding of what self-care looks like and we're asking you to consider exploring that it doesn't look all one way for all of us not all manicures and pedicures no it's not and it's not all hiking up a big mountain Um, and maybe if that is your self-care then you got to find some ways to care for yourself that aren't super active because as your body changes and even postpartum probably not going to be able to do some of those things so um we've done lots of lots of visiting this topic of self-care um but we want you to start practicing it and um one big form of self-care is napping um practice that it might not be super difficult for you when you're growing a baby because you tend to be fairly tired um but definitely skill you're going to need to have after a baby's born because um, you're going to need to nap some to rest. For- yeah. I think this is our permission giving here where we say if you feel like you want to go to bed at 730 at night mm. because you're in your first trimester or any part, of course. Yeah. But, you know, we know that need in the first trimester for sure. If your body says, oh, let's go to bed go to bed. I remember with my first coming home at like six o'clock at night and eating dinner in bed and then being done and actually just laying down and going to sleep. Yeah. And that is not something I've ever done since the first trimester with my first. There's never been Hmm. another moment in my life where I could eat dinner in bed and then just lay down and go to sleep. It was really quite luxurious to feel (laughs) that exhausted and get to go to sleep at 7.30 at night. It, I like the way you're putting the positive spin. <laughs> it's luxurious it really, to feel I that mean, exhausted. You know, I have uh, six and nine-year-old kids now. Like, Yeah, that makes 7:30 sense. 7.30 at my house is like... Oh, I don't like that hour. Oh. No, it is like Especially crazy. with those age kids. Everybody get ready for bed. Did you do your homework? <sighs> get your PJs on. We're like scrambling in our house. That happens at about 10 at my house. And I'm like, Oof. oh, I'm so ready to not be interacting. I'm done. <laughs> right, right. They're not in their best places. And, you know, what I would give to just eat my dinner in bed. Mm. But it was so many crumbs, I'm sure. But yeah. I didn't care because I was so tired. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Number three is my favorite i bet you love this figure out how you are a badass glowing (laughs) vaginas are not necessary (laughs) oh tell me more elise where are you going with this i thought you might like this one jen all right everyone's a badass everyone's a badass when they have a baby in their own way Hmm. and you do not have to have a shining glowing vagina to be a, a badass and, you know, I visited this idea before. Oh, my before. gosh. Can you just stop for a second? You don't need a shining, glowing vagina to be a badass. Right? Do you realize all of that picture is... <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not think too long upon this. Can we use another word for badass? A, um, I have nothing else. Kick butt. A, uh, Why don't you like badass? Super Superhero... Can you tell me why badass is not a good choice of words? Because it's bad. It's bad. Have we really? Ass. Do we have to go through this again? I know. We're still back here. Oh, my I God. Still we have, have an entire episode. We have multiple episodes about being a badass where Jen I and I know. argue about the term badass. Oh, for so goodness sakes. Okay. I don't have a one-word description to take the place of badass, but just know that I wish I did. 
You guys know what I mean by badass. <laughs> okay, so be a badass. tell me more. So okay, I think so what you you're describing. Have, have a glowing vagina. Like this is not, you do not need to be somebody who's been, you know, from a long line of birthing goddesses and growing up with your images i think what you're speaking to is like there are some illustrations and images of women empoweredness that show the female body as one that's glowing and right uh powerful so we were raised that way all i grew up with was women telling me that we can birth my body works yeah and then i felt called to birthing in a certain way Right? You don't have to be that person. And I wasn't raised that way. And I, yeah, totally. I came to this work. Totally. Um, so what we're, what we're kind of trying to say is we're not making fun of the people with that imagery of glowing vaginas. No, no, no. Your vagina can glow. Oh, you glow on, girlfriend. But what we're saying is some people, when they get pregnant, they're like, woohoo, I'm going to have a baby. And some people are like, woohoo, I'm going to have a pregnancy and then a baby. And if you're not super attached to your pregnancy looking a certain way and feel this is a spiritual journey for you <laughs> of pregnancy. Right. You don't have to feel a certain way about birth or pregnancy or anything. And yeah. you can be terrified out of your mind and come from a family of women who have only had cesareans and be a badass. Because here's the deal with being a badass is that it has nothing to do with the way that you birth. It has everything to do with the decisions you make. And that is what's beautiful. So how do you badass? Are you birthing differently than your friends or family? Are you going to make important choices for the health of yourself, for the health of your baby? Are you deciding that, you know what? I'm tired of family not resting in the postpartum. I grew up with Mm. my mom telling me about how she went back to work four weeks postpartum wearing heels. She stood on her feet all day in her job and how that was really, um, you know, that we talked about how amazing she was, how she was still bleeding postpartum. Oh man. And she went back to work and how strong she was for it. And that's kind of what I was raised with. And then I got this idea of like, no, 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 that's not impressive, actually. That's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, We can't be doing this. And so for me, I feel like by Mm. taking that back and changing it and saying, no, I'm going to teach my daughters that caring for my body and them caring for their body actually makes them a badass. Yeah. So maybe you're doing it that way. Maybe you're a badass because you are going to do some self-care. Whatever it is, I want you to find your superpower. Jen mentioned being a superhero. Mm-mm. Whatever that superpower is, own it. So mm. that's why I said no glowing vagina is necessary. So right. whatever that is, you get to do that. I think we're lean, as we have said so many different times, we're leaning into your intuition. Um, yes. And what feels best to you and not um, needing to kind of keep up with whatever it might be, the trends or the family history or whatever it might be. Um, Can you take time to um, rest to, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just repeating what you said. Yeah, but here's why it's on the list. 
Because I want you to start doing this as soon as you know you're pregnant or as soon as you hear this podcast. Because it go. might take a little time to have some conversations. If you're going to make your badass superpower, if one of your superpowers is that you're not actually going to go and take your out-of-town family members around sightseeing when they come to visit, uh-huh. but instead you're going to ask them to help you around the house, that's going to take some conversation. Yeah, You're going to need to say, hey, family... So instead of going downtown and going to the whatevers, I am I actually I'm going to be laying in bed. Yeah, we've got a great episode on my rules um, for postpartum recovery, mm-hmm. and I want you to listen to it. Um, and actually, you can share it with your fam- your family, and you can say, "So I'm actually really wanting to heal." Yeah, and I plan to lay in bed. Yeah, and bond with baby and I'm hoping that you guys are going to do some cooking for me and maybe help me out around the house and then hold the baby so I can sleep and that that might take a little while for them to receive that yeah right that uh, makes we sense. Have, yeah so thinking about those things and it might even take you a little bit of time to wrap your head around those ideas hmm. so as soon as you're hearing this and you kind of figure out what you want to make as your superpowers or your badass powers, I want you to start wrapping your head around it and start saying these things until they feel really comfortable. Which I think leads us into talking about um, rethinking Mm. your maternity leave. Yes. Um, I feel pretty passionate about this. Um, I think because I struggle with um, one of the biggest insults that I, well, mostly... I say this within myself to myself is you are not strong enough mm-hmm. or you're weak. And um, so if you would apply that to something like taking maternity leave before you had intended to, let's say you were thinking, I am going to um, work right up until my estimated due date. Oh, so common, right? Oh, super common. And hats off to you. Great. Awesome. Make choices. Great. Lovely. And then you get it to 35 weeks and you're like, I'm needing to take some naps. I don't feel very well. I am not sleeping well. I really don't think I can work until my estimated due date. Here's the challenge. Can you explore options to make that different? Mm -hmm. Can you find a way to take family leave, get a note from your doctor or midwife, something so that you can practice some self-care and stay home. This is not selfish. This is not you being weak and wimpy that you can't just power through. This is a form of adamant self-care and it's taking care of your baby. If you're needing to take stay home because you're physically not doing well, how is that any less admirable than staying home to take care of your baby once they're actually in your arms. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to take that maternity paternity leave away from their baby once the baby is born. Mm-hmm. But really, if you, you know, it, it's really quality time too if you're taking that time off to spend time with your pregnant body yeah. and recover and heal and feel rest and feel okay yeah. while you are pregnant, right? Yeah. You're still... You're still with your baby. And it makes sense. We're, we're saying this, um, potentially this could sound really privileged. Like, yes. dude, you guys don't get me. Like, I need every paycheck. And and I get that. I do. Or but, I don't get maternity leave. Or I only exactly. get four weeks, right? Exactly. And 
I'm wondering if there is some ways to explore that. Is that really true? Is there a way that you could take some sick time? Is there a manager that you could discuss this with? Um, so I, I think I'm encouraging, find out all the information if you really think that's impossible for you to take some more time off. And if what's keeping you from taking this time when you feel that you need it, if it's I'm a wimp and that would be not very strong of me, I need to push through, then I really encourage you to look at that theme. Yeah. And, and if you can't, you absolutely can't for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. Please know that we see you yep. and don't, please don't give yourself the, 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 please don't feed yourself those thoughts of, you know, it doesn't matter anyways, because I, you know, everybody else works up to their due date. Like, please know that we see how incredibly hard this is yeah. to do and that you're doing something extraordinary. And I would say, a lot of people plan to work up until their due date, yep. and a lot of those people change their yep. mind Absolutely. once they get closer. Yep. All right. Number five, find yourself. Okay, I don't really like the way uh, find yourself, so I'm going to change that up a little bit. Self-discovery. Self-discovery. Um, what I'm going to encourage is rather than reading countless books about how to birth a baby, how to raise a baby, how to raise a teenager when you have yet had a baby, how <laughs> to approach the terrible twos or the toddlers or all the things. I want you to read a couple books. Yes, get yourself educated or educated <laughs> um, and find out some things because, of course, we're into that. We believe that fear is reduced by having some information and some understanding. And don't spend all your time reading all these books on uh, parenting again, a toddler or a teenager. Because here's what's going to happen, you guys, is you're going to get there and you're going to get some books and they're going to make a whole lot more sense to you when you actually have a two-year-old or a teenager. So don't worry about making a goal for the way you're going to parent while you're pregnant. Here's what I'm totally throwing out my opinion here, folks. Um, here's what <laughs> That's just I our think. show in general. I know. It's my show. I can throw out my opinion. Here is um, what I think is potentially more important, is actually finding out, um, doing some self-discovery. If you are, let's say, somebody who's feeling really um, uh, not confident or um, feeling like, gosh, my finances are kind of in the hole, or I am really dealing with a lot of insecurity and shame issues, then please read some books. Like, dude, read Brene Brown and Shame Resilience and um, some self-discovery about things that are going to make you feel more confident living inside of yourself. So I'm not like saying read all the self-help books, but I'm saying that might be a better avenue to to be drawn to rather than all the parenting books. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Am I making sense, Elise? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned not reading books about the terrible twos, and I think that kind of leads you right into number six with attachment. Yeah. Go there, Jed. Attachment with our partners. So we put so much emphasis on attachment to our babies, which, of course, let's 
that is super, super fundamentally important. And attaching to the person that we're choosing to raise this child with, that's really important. So again, when I'm thinking about um, some things to do, I'm thinking about um, reading some books on anger management about communication and not just reading books on these things but starting to to practice these skills because that attachment is going to be put under some strain with your partner when this new baby arrives this is a huge transition it's emotionally transitioning it is um, potentially trans transition in your workplace in your professional life and you're learning a new skill which is how to take care of another helpless human being right oh well having conversations while a baby is crying or eating meals at different times and sleeping at different schedules. You might feel like two ships passing in the night. You can understand why maybe um, getting in some some positive um, forms of communication might be really helpful. And um, feeling understood by your partner might be a great thing. Practicing nonviolent communication. How do I phrase this so that my needs are met in a way that my partner understands me and yet I'm able to clearly also see how my partner is feeling in this situation? That, you guys, in the long run is going to be so much more important than kind of figuring out your philosophy around parenting. And that's all a lot of stress, too, yeah. right? Thinking about all that and then trying to live that out with a new baby in your world. So thinking about having some fun right now oh, totally. before that baby comes along. So go yeah. out on dates together. Go to yeah. those places where you might not necessarily bring a baby. Those places that you love that where maybe things can change a little bit after I, baby's born. I'm thinking about, um, you know, it was pretty popular a few years ago, thinking about love languages. Oh, yes. And how you felt and received loved and how those often could be different, right? Like the way that I would express love to someone would be, for instance, time spent with them. And yet I'm I'm giving that to someone because that's how I receive love, Right. So discuss some of those, how do you feel most loved by me? Um, And maybe asking some of those pointed questions to really try to discover how do we, um, how do we pat ourselves for the times that we're going to be overtired and hungry and potentially overwhelmed by this new transition um, and understanding how to meet those needs in your partner and in yourself to be able to say, this is my need and be aware. Absolutely. All right. Number seven, discuss expectations in your relationship. Who's going to get stuff done? Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. All right. So you're going to have some healing to do and your partner can't be themselves and you and take care of a baby, but you're not going to be you for a little bit. I mean, you're going to be you. You're just not going to be doing the dishes and cooking the food and sweeping the floor. And I don't know if that's your job or not, but you're not going to be doing them either way. Right. So I encourage you to decide what you guys can let go of and not worry about. And then think about what needs to get done and talk about who's going to do it. Are you going to have a cleaning company come in? Uh, Are you going to send out your laundry or is your partner going to do that? Um, It's going to be a bit before you're going to be doing those things or Mm -hmm. some of those things. And so talk about who's going to do it until you're back at it. 
And then once you are, how does the distribution of household chores land? Hmm. Um, how did it land before and how is it going to land now that there's a new baby? And how will it land when you're back at work if you're planning to return to work? I think that um, there often is a misunderstanding for partners of just how much work a baby can be. Yes. And I, I, I don't think it's one of... It's simple ir- ignorance, that's my word, not trying to be a jerk. Um, if you really don't know how much time it takes to care for a small human being, it is not just, oh, I'll feed them, and then I guess we change a diaper, and then they sleep a lot, right? And then you go back to sleep, and how yeah. could you be that so tired just laying in bed all day? Yeah. I mean, babies, newborn babies, they just sleep all the time, right? Whenever ah. I've seen a newborn baby, is just sleeping. They do. They sleep a lot and for very short amounts of time. Exactly. And unpredictable. They're very unpredictable. And sometimes we actually have a hard time waking them up as tiny newborns to feed them. And how important it is and frustrating it can be. Oh, my goodness. It is so frustrating trying to wake a baby to eat that you want to have sleep yes oh it's (laughs) total cliche so i think that's also goes into a little bit of education like have a conversation with someone who know who's had a newborn right yeah um get some understanding of how much time they actually take oh what a beautiful segue jen because my next one is take a birth class research the right birth class for you a uh, super amazing hint, they aren't all at the hospital. Oh, yeah. So depending on you where you live, there might be some birth classes available outside of the hospital um, that are private. I mean, that you can sign up for. Yeah, Search totally. the internets. There's also classes online that you could check out. Unlike when this peach snapple that Elise is drinking was <laughs> created, there's the, the internet now. Oh, my gosh. And look at that. You can Google all of the places that um, where you can take childbirth education classes. It's true. It's true. So unlike the peach snaffle. Thanks for that, Jad. <laughs> <laughs> so find, um, find a class that resonates with you. And also think about, um, does that class include um, newborns and newborn care? Newborn and... care, not actual newborns. Yeah, no. Don't bring you your should, baby to the class. Yeah, that's, that's weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a newborn, you should be home, sleeping, resting, <laughs> eating freezer meals, which brings us to our next one. Well, that was a fourth segue, wasn't well, it? Well, there you go. Which brings me to eating uh-huh. your freezer meals. <laughs> hey, if you're cooking right now or your partner's Freeze. cooking. Freeze some food. Freeze some food. Double all of your meals and put the other one in the freezer. There you Ew, have it. that's kind of gross. A stir fried, like frozen for later. Not all. This the is meals. like your suggestion, Jen. I know, but like, be careful about like what snapple, you freeze. Your suggestions getting on my nerves. Okay, <laughs> that didn't work, did it? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, if you have a stir fry that might not freeze well, don't freeze that. Freeze the things that work. Man. Yeah, Jen. You'll okay. go. You'll go through food fast. It's amazing how much you need to eat when you need to eat an extra five hundred calories a day, and then you're home more, right? So if you're, you're not eating like, lunch at work anymore, exactly, yeah. right? And you're not going out for dinner. Mm-hmm. Here you have uh, it. What's number ten? Put your people Put in people place. in their place. What who, who? What people are you putting you know, in your them. place? Like you. You're a jerk. You. You're like 1997 over there. 
Okay, what? no, Jen. Oh, put people Jen, in Jen place. Jen is going to put people in their place. She's got three lists, oh and she's going to assign them to a list. And now uh, she's going to tell you how okay. she's going to put some people in place. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I get it. It took me a minute there. It's okay. like a secret list that only yes. I understand. It is. Uh-huh. And now... I understand, apparently. Okay. <laughs> and if we're lucky, so will our listeners. <laughs> I do believe that we have talked about this before, but it's worth revisiting. So um, I encourage making a list of three types of people. And um, people can be on all of the lists or just one if they're, you know, more inclined to, to be on one or more lists. Okay. First type of list is who are the people that you would call for asking um, baby, newborn, parenting sort of questions of? Secondly, who would be the people that if you needed something quick from the store or something like kind of physically done, an errand run, um, I don't know, something physical, right? Your, your air conditioning breaks and it's in the middle of summer. That's the person you want in your house. I don't know. But they're a friend. <laughs> Wait, what? What are they I doing don't to know. Your air something then? broke and you, uh, whatever. You know what I'm that talking about. That was a about. stretch if I've ever <laughs> heard of one. <laughs> physical stuff, mostly in the form probably of errands. Um, you need your house vacuumed. Yeah, there we go. Oh, thanks, Elise. Yeah, that okay. was so easy to come up with. I know. Shut that up. That one's fixing my air conditioning. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Third list would be the um, the people that you would call and like you could cry, you could laugh, and you could do all the things in between. The people that are good at holding emotion, potentially kind of entering in and saying, okay, here's some things that maybe we can try, but also not kind of the bossy pants either, right? They're okay with emotion. So... Um, what I'm encouraging you to do would be to reach out to the people that you find in these different categories and say, hey, um, after I have a baby, you might hear from me because I might ask for you to kind of support me in this sort of way because um, I believe in having people around me and that knowing that if I... Um, talk to you later on and I was like oh my gosh on Wednesday I didn't know if I could get through I needed milk and then xyz right and the the friend goes it's a bit of accountability here what you told me that if I was on this list that if like I was having some you were having some challenges you give me a call so um this is having people that you know are in your corner and it's going to free up a lot of kind of ah what am I going to do if some of these things happen um, in the postpartum period? Does that make sense, Elise? It totally does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm glad it does, Elise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, because we don't want to – I, I think, as we've said quite a few times on the podcast, it's about bringing in your village and um, making connections because it's – it's really hard to do this phase of life with babies and young children all on your own, you know? Um, and it's you just a, can't. You can't. Yeah. It's a uni- unique time to bring people, um, I think, friendships as well into your life. Absolutely. So accept their help. Want these people in and let them help you. Yeah. Make this list whenever you hear this so that you have some time, however little or sh- long. Um, you have left in your pregnancy yeah and start having these conversations with these people and Mm -hmm. partners family friends doulas providers 
Absolutely. And uh, let us know what you're thinking. What's on your list? Check us out on Instagram at Pushing It Podcast and on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.